This is The Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. And welcome to the Friday edition of The Bullpen. Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins with you for the next hour. Hi. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm super stoked. You're like Monty from uh, Major League. You know? Yeah, you're like the, the, the color... Color commentator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a ball. Man, a few words. <laughs> well, hello to you as well. Hello. Uh, welcome to the bullpen. It is uh, Friday afternoon. 512-834-1027 is a number here on 1027 ESPN, and we are pleased to be with you for the next hour. How you doing, Brandon? I'm uh, a lot of emotions, I got to tell you. Uh, a lot of emotions. Stemming from anything in particular? Um, yes. There's a, uh, a big... Record breaking game tonight. Record breaking? No, not record breaking. But are you talking about the Mariners? See, I can't. I can't even speak right now. I'm just. I'm so nervous. I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm assuming so you're nervous. talking about the Mariners. Yes, I'm talking about the Mariners. Okay. They are one win away from breaking a 21 year streak. It's a big deal for Seattle. One win away. It's a 20, very big deal. One years. I was six. I was 15. The last uh, time the Mariners made the playoffs. God, I was in college. Now, add 21 years, and that's how old I am. I'm not going to say that over here. I, uh, I I do know, and we will get to this game coming up here in the show, but uh, I do know that uh, manager, uh, Seattle manager Scott Surveys mm-hmm. is... Service. Is it service? It's service. I've always said service. I know. It's spelled surveys, but... It's, always, it's service. It's Scott service. I've, I, I'm serious. I've called him surveys <laughs> for years. I'm only correcting you because... I appreciate it. I don't want to be calling him the wrong name. Okay, yeah. But nevertheless, Scott Service. Scott Service. Yes. Uh, he's making some pretty bold predictions here. He did. He sure did. Very bold predictions. I, I very much appreciated him coming out and saying that right away. I like where he's I like his confidence. I, I'm not sure I like his chances, but I like his confidence. What do you mean? Tell well, me. Talk to me about that. Well, I just uh, we, we can get into it further, but uh I I think that um I, you know Yes, I know. Where they're positioned right now, I'm, try- I'm trying roads, to put this nice. All roads lead to, lead to Houston where they're at right now. All roads in the American League lead to Houston. If they certainly. keep winning and get the wild card top spot, they'll be able to host three games, though. So that's what they're still by- fighting for. They're only a game and a half out. I'm fully aware. Yeah. I'm fully aware that uh, anything's possible. But I was kind of hoping for the third seed, not going to lie, because then you got to play uh, Cleveland, which. We did fairly well against them this year. We matched up very well. And then we'd have to go to New York, which, you know, they're playing. Aaron Judge is playing really well, but is the rest of the team going to show up for the playoffs? You never know with them. Probably. However, we matched up pretty well against the Yankees this year, too. Yes, you have. So Uh, the only team we didn't match up well against this year was Houston. Yeah. Nobody matches up good against Houston. They had a winning record against them last year. I know that's a different team, but. This is actually kind of the same team. What do you think about Correa right now? What? I Did you hear what he said yesterday? What did he say? I wouldn't what? Well, you know he signed that big deal with with Minnesota, yeah, right? But right. they gave him a out cl- out clause after the first season. And it sounds like he's going to take it. Is he? Because they asked him if he was coming back next season and I can't quote this directly, but he said, "When I go to the mall and go to Dior and I want something, I get it. I ask for the price and I get it." If they want me, they got to come get me. And that's talking about the Twins. How so, does that make you feel? Well, you mean if I'm... Because you're a former fan because he was with the Astros. 
Well, I, I look if, if if he was still with the Astros and he's saying something like that. But does that rub you the wrong it, way? It a little would bit? probably if he was if if he was still an Astro because yeah, he got paid very well by the Twins. He decided to go to Minnesota. It didn't work out. Now he's bouncing. I you know see likely. I already kind of was a, a little disappointed in the man for leaving Houston. Well, y'all got Jeremy Pena, now, sure, so but that doesn't change fine. the fact that I didn't want to lose Carlos Correa, and so look, he went, you he went up there. Yeah, well, possibly, very possible. Yeah. But what if he ends up in Penn drives? Well, yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, but that sounds that seems pretty likely at this point. I think it's so too. Yeah, okay. either there or I mean, they could find room for him in the other New York team, the Mets. Now I could be okay with that because I do yeah. like I do like me some Mets. And he's out of the AL. And he is out of the AL. Yeah. Although, I, but I, I would love it if he came back to Houston. It'd be great. But at the same time, he left, and well, I, I don't always forget. Or, or forgive. So, regardless of my stress, I'm taking a stress-free approach tonight and going to the Gorillas concert. You gotta be of, happy. I'm, watching, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna watch my Huskies play UCLA on the road, and I'm not gonna watch my Mariners try and clinch tonight. I'm gonna watch some scoreboard and the show, <laughs> in hopes that perhaps uh, your lack of attention you. will will spur them both on to wins. Exactly, okay. and. If all all goes right tonight, my dance dance skills are going to skyrocket before that game, before that shows up. So I'm I'm excited. Well, believe me, <laughs> uh, if if none of you listening right now are paying any attention to either of, of those games tonight, there's got to be. Then two I promise you, listening. you will hear about them on Monday. Yes. If 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 something goes, something's his way, going to give this weekend, and you're going to hear about. Not, it. I'm not even going to get to enter when the show when Brandon's going to start screaming <laughs> start about screaming. his Mariners. Yeah. All right. So. Hey. Game on. It's going to happen. You got it, brother. But we'll talk more Mariners. We got we got some uh, Scott Service sound coming up. We got, we got some more uh, baseball talk on the way. But uh, obviously the big news in the world of sports today is that horrific situation last night with Tua Tagovailoa. Yes. This was nasty. Yes. And this is something that I think a lot of people, already, myself included, I was already not convinced he was ready to make this start last night. Correct. I'm sure I've one of a th- I'm one of a thousand people who've probably made this same argument. All you have to do today. is go back to last week's game or the game four days ago, five days ago now, mm-hmm. and look at the replay of when he stood up. He, I saw it last night. He immediately shook his head. He got a little woozy. His teammates had to hold him up to get him back to the to the to the huddle. Yeah, he looked like a like a newborn baby giraffe for a second. Yeah, his he, wobbly legs. He was wobbly and he shook his head like clear like. You don't do that when you hurt your back. Yeah, I'm sure he was seeing double. And then, like, they showed his hands, and he was doing something that, with his fingers. That was what was That's, the scariest. That scared the hell out of me. Uh, it was that last night, or was that the well, last game? No, that was last night. Okay, yeah, that that, that is, happened. That is a huge sign of uh, severe head trauma. He, you know, he came down, and, it. I mean, it was it – was, his, his fingers were in – Angles that rigor mortis style. I mean, it was extremely it was, unnatural. Yeah, it was not. Good. It was very, very scary. So, uh, uh, Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa taken to a local hospital. Later released after suffering head and neck injuries in the second quarter last night against the game against the Bengals. Um, said shortly before halftime, the Dolphins did that. You know, he was conscious. He had movement in all his extremities at the hospital. Uh, he flew back with the team. Said to be in good spirits. That today. right there. That right there. That's another problem. How the hell? Does someone look like that hours after being, and then hours later and being put him on an airplane, taken out of a hospital and put in a pressurized airplane? Yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah. Now, the initial tests, he he did all the he all the concussion die, protocol. Man. He could have. Yeah. The initial tests, though, also show no structural damage. Baloney. Uh, he's 
been wearing a neck brace as a precaution is going to have an MRI. I don't buy it. Um, his arms appeared to seize up almost immediately when he hit his head. That doesn't happen by accident. This was... Yeah. That is not a natural reaction to getting hit. And he was just he was just on the field for like 10 minutes. Yeah. You know? And then taken off in a stretcher. Um, and Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel, he said Tongavaloa called for him when he was down. And he said, I could tell it wasn't the same guy that I was used to seeing. He says it was a scary moment. And uh, he was evaluated for concussion. He said he's in concussion protocol. Uh, and then he says, you know, he was being discharged. That was an emotional moment. Um, that is not part of the deal that anyone signs up for, even though you you know it's a possibility in, in football to have something that you have to get taken off in a, on a stretcher. Is uh, you know, all of his teammates, myself, we we're all um, very very concerned. So the the best news that we could get is that everything is checked out. How high was he when yeah. he said that? Jeez. You know, it's hard not to crack jokes. What, it's not what, a laughing matter. What but even was that response? That didn't make any sense. I, I, he well, I mean, Mike McDaniel was shaken by this, and you could see it in in this press conference. He he was struggling to. I mean, he was, and he said, you know, if I if I weren't so, I mean, I'm paraphrasing. You know here, what that's called? But what being a human? It's called a guilty conscience. Well, there is that. But he was. I I I, I think there's that's part of it. And in fact, Stephen A. Smith was out there talking about this today. Because I mean, I mean, you no. Know, as you were talking on uh, the Sundays, went over the Bills, right? Mm-hmm. He underwent concussion evaluations there after uh, halftime. Hit his head on the ground. Although they claimed it was his back. No. None of us saw nah, the back though. Nah, nah. Stumbled around like you mentioned uh, while trying to return to the huddle. Uh, initially listed him as questionable because of a head injury, but then said it was a back injury that caused him to stumble. And Stephen A. Smith weighed in on this day, and I don't necessarily always agree with Stephen A., but I'm not so far off with him today. Somebody need to be fired. Now, I don't know who, but somebody got to go. At the very least, a suspension. Now, I don't know if it was the doctors and the trainers that examined him at halftime of the Buffalo game, put him back in. I don't know if it's additional medical personnel that were involved that gave the okay for him to be on the field last night. But listen to what the, the what folks have been saying since last night transpired with Tua. They say you had a concussion, and obviously it's easier to get another one. Within a span of four to five days, I don't care what anybody says. I don't want to hear anything about a back. I didn't see him hold his back. I didn't see him put his arms in his back. Not one time Sunday. I saw him get up. I saw that gross mobile instability. He sat, He got up, and he damn near collapsed right back down. I'm looking at Mike McDaniels, the coach. I'm wondering, what the hell are you thinking? Now, some people would say, hey, you're the coach. If the medical staff gives you the okay to play a player, then you go ahead and you play the player. But you're a human being. You got two eyes. You know what you saw out there. What about that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, use your eyes. Ultimately, it's your team, right? Yeah. Your team. 100%. You're Mike McDaniel. It's your team. Yeah, the doctors have said, this guy said, this expert said, okay, you have a pair of eyes. Use them. It didn't look good. Nope. All the fans, a lot of fans, a lot of armchair quarterbacks like us were saying the same thing before this game. Yeah. Uh, Man, I was pining for this guy, for this coach uh, earlier this week, saying I was jealous that he's with the Dolphins, mm-hmm. you know, and now I'm not so sure. I don't know what this, I think this guy might be in a little over his head. He might be. He very well might be. Uh, Robert Ninkovich, mm-hmm. also, who played 11 seasons, I believe, in the NFL, most of which for the uh, the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh 
he actually had to retire because of head injuries, and and he's very unhappy about what he saw. That's the main reason that I walked away. You know, I have a family, I have children. We know that the longer you play, the more risk you have down the road. So my decision to walk away from the game at 32 was based on head trauma. You know, when I watched this last night, I was disgusted. In the NFL and the Dolphins, they should be sick to their stomachs with the protocols in place that have failed Tua. They failed the player. And they're supposed to be there to protect the player from the player hurting themselves. Because the player, whatever you say, the player wants to be on the field. They want to play. That's their livelihood. They've been doing that their whole life. They're trying to provide and do things for their family so they can play a game that they love. If you see someone go down, and it's common sense. It's, it's common sense. And I played a long time. You played a long time. When you see someone get knocked out and you see someone go down, you're like, he's out. You know it instantly. When I saw two on Sunday go down, I said, well, that's not his back. What are you talking about? Like, for a player to go down, when you get knocked out, you don't know what happened. I've been knocked out. I, you, you get up, you're like, whoa, what happened? I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. I can go. I can play. It's up to someone else, a medical expert or someone that witnesses that to say, no, 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 no. You just got knocked out. You don't know what happened. You might say it's your back, but we know. We saw it. So the NFL has to do a better job in knowing what to do if they see someone get injured the way that he got injured. So, I, I listen, I, I'm with him. I'm disgusted by it. 100%. Very bothered by it. Stephen A is bothered by it. I agree with him. I agree with pretty much anybody who says, yeah, we – Unfortunately, yeah, I told you so. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Uh, so the NFL Players Association Executive Director Damari Smith says the union plans to quote pursue every legal option as it continues this investigation into how the injury to Tua to happened and how it was handled. Uh, dude is a, too little, too late. They should have intervened before this game started. Well, they're, they're really focused on this this injury from the past week. I mean, obviously, going to be focused on this one too. But that's the one that you know they're they're saying. Well, that probably. Why did they wait till after he played then for them to be all of a sudden up, up in arms about this? Uh, yeah. Like I said, too little, too late. If he's ruined, that's on that's on everybody. Yeah. Because it only had to be one person to say no. Uh, the NFLPA uh, launched an investigation into the Dolphins' handling of his concussion check uh, on Sunday after a return of the game against Buffalo, played the entire second half, placed on the team's injury report with back and injury considered questionable to play about two hours before kickoff. Yesterday, so um, and that's all the formality. Yeah, that's all it is. That's not. That's not taking. That should not be taken seriously at all. No, Damari Smith says uh, we insisted on the rules to avoid exactly this scenario. We'll pursue every legal action, including making referrals against doctors to licensing agencies and the team that's obligated to keep our players. Blah safe. blah blah. Again, it's all a formality. What they're saying. Yeah, they're, they're they're way too late on this, and this could potentially ruin his career. This this could ruin his daily life. Tua is a kid with his whole career ahead of him. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. They're trying, trying to, to hurt. ruin him. They're for trying. Once. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. Like you said, yeah. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so uh, we'll uh, we'll continue to follow this. Certainly wishing him all the best there over in Miami. But uh, at least at least glad to hear that he's in good spirits. Could be worse. We don't even know if that's good. true or not. Well, according that, to what we've heard, we how can we take anything the Dolphins say true at this point? Yeah, we can't take them on their word. Well, we got more football talk on the way. Progress for Dak, perhaps with the Cowboys. And uh, I'm mad. Damn it. Are you mad? Yeah. And you're not going to take it anymore? No. I'm mad as hell. Not gonna 512 834 1027 is the number here on the bullpen. 
This is The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Uh, welcome back to The Bullpen, Friday edition. Patrick and Brandon with you. Hell yeah. 512. Friday. Let's go. Friday, Friday right? Friday. Sure, man. 512-834-1027. As all the now 20-year-olds used to say, Friday. All the now 20-year-olds? Yeah. When, I feel like that's an old saying, Friday. I think it's quite I think old, it was. Probably. I think it was... It was cool like 10, 15 years ago. I'm not sure it was ever cool. I don't think. Yeah, but it was said a lot. <laughs> it was said a lot. I might. Probably by me. Commonplace and cool. Not always. But it can be mutually exclusive. Look, I don't know what cool is. Look at me. Nor do I, my friend. Nor do I. <laughs> uh, we've been talking a little NFL action here. And, of course, uh, the uh, that terrible injury uh, last night to a Tonga Vailoa. Um, hoping he's doing a well. Uh, is is doing well. Yeah. Pardon me. Yep. Um, actually, and we've got... Uh, Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy actually weighed in a little on this as well, uh, just in whether or not perhaps the protocols need to change. Well, I think the biggest thing is you know is the protocol. I mean, you know, the protocol is is sound. You know, there's a process. Now, the facts of you know where he was in the protocol, not in the protocol. You know, I don't, I'm not privy to all the facts behind that, but you know, I do know that the process works. So you know, you never want to see any player get hurt. I mean, you know, we had the injury right there at the end of the game. I mean, that's that's. Trust me, it doesn't matter what sideline you're on. It, no one wants to see a player, in, you know, in a serious situation. So, um, but I, I think clearly, if you look at it over time, you know, the, the processes that, that have been put into place are all, obviously all for the right reasons. But it's just like anything, we we got to be better at it. So, um, because if if it, if it didn't work, you know, I think the the answer why is you know is more specific to the to you know to the people and. and, and you know, particularly you know on, on on the game Sunday or Thursday and so forth. So, but you know, just for instance, in our game, you know, Trayvon was pulled off the field, you know, for evaluation because they they saw the collision there on the uh, you know when he went down. I think it was in the third third quarter. So, I you know, process and the, and the protocols are in place. We just you know just got to continue to work to utilize, utilize it and and keep these guys as safe as possible. So there you go, man of many words, Mike. Right there, word salad. McCarthy. I don't know if he agrees with the protocols or not. I don't think he even knows what he says half the time. Probably doesn't even he know just kind of rolls up are. to the podium. He's like, all right, what, what can I say? He was dressed all dapper today, too. He had a suit and tie on. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, look he was looking you. fresh. Look at you, Mike. Are they traveling? They're traveling, right? Uh, Dallas? Yeah. No, they're at home this week. They're at home? Yeah. Interesting. I yeah. They are hosting the Washington Commanders this weekend. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and quarterback Dak Prescott did not practice yesterday. Expected to continue focusing more on rehab work with uh, the athletic training staff uh, this week. It's according to Mike McCarthy. But uh, Prescott continues to make incremental progress from what we hear and recovery from that thumb surgery. Uh, he's wearing tape over that surgically repaired thumb right now. Made a couple of pretty short, light throws during the open portion of yesterday's practice. Um, had those stitches removed on Monday. Mm-hmm. McCarthy said on Tuesday, no firm timetable for uh, Prescott to resume normal throwing. Probably going to depend on how quickly he can regain full strength, how quickly all that swelling subsides and whatnot. So uh, Cooper Rush going to continue to uh, get the start while Prescott is sidelined. Uh, Jerry Jones on 105.3, the fan uh, today, asked if uh, perhaps Dax could pl- Dak could play next week. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't know. There you go. I don't know the name body does. You'll have to see how the strength goes and no one knows that uh, you, to try and, and, and evolve uh, he's obviously if anybody in the world can, can uh, get back out there he's going to get back out there and 
he's a major part of what we're all about. He's a major part of it daily. He's a major part of it out there right now. But he, it's important that uh, we all understand that uh, he'll he'll give it ever go. What is really good, though, is that we've got somebody that's playing excellent in Cooper. Excellent. And he's doing a super job at the position. And uh, so, boy, that gives us a little leeway here. And so, uh, I mean, it sounds like he still wants himself a quarterback controversy. Maybe. I think he does. You think so? Uh, well, let's find out. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I, I Wrong just one. don't know. No, all it does is tell me that uh, uh, we're in great shape at the quarterback position. And that's important. And you can't be in great shape unless you've got somebody that can – you've got good backup situations. That bothered me real when we lost Dak so early uh, when it first happened. Boy, I thought, eh, what, what, have we, you know, what have we got here? Uh, but uh, we went within. Uh, we called on Cooper. We, we've uh, turned out here as we're in good shape at backup quarterback. Let me tell so. you, Jerry talking over himself – yeah. Scarier than the movie I'm probably going to see this weekend. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> My fault. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that, that was all operator no, error no, right there. No, obviously no controversy. He doesn't want that. Dak is the starter when he comes back. He's just, he's grateful, which, look, I think all Dallas fans can agree, very grateful Cooper Rush is playing. As I well think so. As I, I, I like He's wh- playing not great. He's playing competent, good enough. Well, you know, right now the, uh, the Cowboys should take it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's because, what I'm saying. Because they don't have a lot going for them on offense. The yeah, point. exactly. Uh, Cowboys are getting healthier at some other positions. Uh, safety, Jerron Curse, knee. Uh, and uh, left guard, Connor McGovern, with that ankle. They're practicing this week for the first time since getting hurt on uh, September 11th, that opener against Tampa Bay. Giddy up. Uh, also tied in Dalton Schultz on the field during open portion of yesterday's practice. He got uh, hurt in the fourth quarter of uh, the Week 2 win over Cincinnati. They're going to be much better when he and Gallup are back. Wide receiver Michael Gallup also inactive against the Giants, but he's uh, close to a season debut following that off-season knee surgery. And here's a head coach Mike McCarthy. Michael's on a good path. You know he's on a good path, and you know once again I, I thought he you know he did everything yesterday. Had a good practice, but I, uh, he's had a full you know, you know another full week as he could. So I, I look for Michael to do everything tomorrow, and, and hopefully we'll he'll be active on on Sunday. So this is uh, just need to feel a couple more things out there. He says, and that cheering there in the background—that's the—that's a Make a Wish Foundation. Make a Wish Foundation. Okay, apparently. All right. Well, yeah. good stuff. So, good stuff. Good stuff is happening up there. Uh, but uh, Michael Gallup still rehabbing that knee in uh, training camp. Only uh, two padded practices uh, he's had since the season began. So but sounds like he'll be back. So it does sound like it. That'd be great. They uh, need him now. Dallas Cowboys linebacker Micah Parsons. Linebacker. Mm. He said yesterday. Calling him a lion. He's a lion, man. Ooh. His flu symptoms behind him now, and he is, quote, definitely back to himself, feeling 100%. So it was the flu. It wasn't the cold. He says the flu. We were lied to again. He said his flu symptoms. How can a head coach lie to us like that? And he says there's a night and day difference now from when he helped Dallas win uh, at the Giants in week three. I'm sure if you're, I mean, I mean, he did tweet out that uh, Michael Jordan flu video, like, right before the game last week, so we knew there was something going on still. Yeah, but, well, he wasn't listening. You know, COVID, was, with the COVID, you know, thing being around, I can't believe they let him play with flu-like symptoms. Yeah. Being a little facetious there. Obviously, it was a sign that we were, were a bit past that thing. Yeah. Yes. But, you know I'm what? Very thankful I, I, that, listen, though. I love Micah Parsons, but I'm sorry. Almost no one can compare themselves when, when playing ill. I know. 
to Michael Jordan. Yeah. The flu riddled Michael Jordan in the playoffs. No comparison. Straight up. Sorry, he was buddy. passed out during Sorry, halftime. They yeah. had to wake him back up to yeah. stick him. And then he goes out and just dominates. Yeah, and scored 1,000 points. Man. Yeah. Uh, in typical Michael fa- uh, fashion. But he said, uh, Parson says, physically, this is the best I've felt since college. I feel great. I'm ready. Uh, commanders, based on their numbers and their performance, decidedly unready for him, I, I would have to guess. I think so. Yeah. Through three games, uh, Cowboys doing a number of things right on defense, right? They're, they're only giving up one touchdown per game. They haven't allowed 20 points in a game yet. Right on. They rank ninth in the league in yards, uh, yards allowed at uh, 312.3. And maybe most important as it relates to Sunday against Washington, uh, the 2-1 Cowboys ranked first in the NFL with sacks at 13. Awesome. And Washington allowed nine sacks of, of uh, Carson. Yeah, they could really pad that stat. Uh, this weekend, yeah, Parsons yeah, has recorded do. multiple sacks in two of his uh, two or three games. Really, only failed to do so against the Giants because he had the well, flu-like the flu, symptoms, or at the time what he they was told sick, us, the he cold. was sickly. Uh, there were also times that he was triple teamed against New York, mm-hmm. uh, but that led to five sacks from his teammates, two from Demarcus Lawrence. Imagine the energy it took for him. I mean, imagine you know when you're sick with the flu, you want to be in bed all day, right? I would think so, yeah. You're, you're completely no energy, just can't do anything. And this guy played an NFL game. Yeah. Getting double teamed, getting pushed around, running around with all that energy. Like, That's this how scary guy he is. is insane. That's how scary he is. Man, y'all are lucky. Would you believe that I, I, in all my life, I've never had the flu? You better knock on wood, my friend. Oh, I've knocked on it a thousand times. Oh, God. How? I, how is that possible? I, I just, I just, I got that. I don't know. Did you get your flu shot yesterday? You know, actually, I did, oh, I and totally uh, I, I, uh, it, so. <laughs> I did, and I started doing that only over the past several years, just because it's here, you know. Hey, in the Cactus Fire Studio, you know. So I, uh, I, I slightly made the uh, the the flu busters lady a little uncomfortable because I use my left arm where I have a I have a Pennywise tattoo on my left arm. You do, and she got freaked out because she's like, I gotta stick a needle through. Said, this is really weird. She's got a thing for clowns. No, I don't. I don't no. know. She was just uncomfortable putting a needle through a, a yeah, she, face tattoo. She used my. Oh, hey, look. She used my uh, my uh, the, this microphone I got here on my arm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's her. Oh, right on. Yeah. So. If only y'all could see this. I know. Um, <laughs> so uh, find us on the street. We'll show you our tattoos. One little bit of uh, of uh, Cowboys news before we move on from Dallas. Some sad news as a uh, former Cowboys tight end Gavin Escobar. Found dead this week in an apparent rock climbing accident near Idlewild, California. Mm-hmm. Only 31 years old. Awful. Uh, Jerry Jones, while on the fan, actually spoke about this as well. Oh, it's just tragic. And uh, I personally enjoyed my time that he was with the Cowboys, uh, uh, the occasions that we had to say hello and visit. And, and um, that's just uh, tragic. And uh, uh, he obviously uh, was doing things and, and living a life that uh, he enjoyed uh, doing and uh, uh, to be uh, engaged in the kind of activities that he wanted to be. I'm thankful for that much. And uh, But it's just so sad, so young. He really is. I, uh, Riverside Co- uh, County Sheriff's Corner, Corner's Office uh, has identified him along with another climber, 33-year-old Chelsea Walsh. Mm. Firefighters found them dead after a climbing accident involving two people was reported Wednesday. Uh, in uh, the San Bernardino National Forest. They, uh, they said he died at the scene while climbing a rock face. Small around, amount of rain fail, fell, but officials have not said if the weather might have been a factor. Uh, he'd been working as a firefighter in Long Beach, California, since February, um, and uh, apparently leaves behind a wife and two young children. 
Sad state of affairs. So sad. Yeah. Second round pick in 2013 for the Cowboys. Spent three years in Dallas. Also, he played for the Chiefs, the uh, the Ravens, the Browns, the Dolphins. Uh, played in 2018 last year. 30 catches, eight touchdowns. So. He will be missed. Yes, indeed. Very uh, tragic. Another t- another uh, Texas team. In case you forgot, we got two in this state. Oh, you wouldn't know it. Which is weird for a state this size. One is much better than teams. the other. Uh, Davis Mills. Is the clock ticking for this guy? You follow much Texans? Not really. You know, he wanted to prove to Houston, to the city, to his teammates that, you know, he's the long-term answer for this very troubled franchise that has really never gotten off the, the ground ever. Promising rookie season, so that was his goal this year, but the losses just keep piling up for him. Uh, Texans are 0-2-1, and and if things don't turn around, which I'm guessing they, they might not this year because he doesn't have a lot. He doesn't have a lot to work with. Uh, and that therein lies the problem because he doesn't have a lot to work with. He, I, I mean, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head uh, who is on that team besides Davis Mills. Maybe I know a couple because they're former Seahawks, uh, one of them being uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Actually, I don't even know if he's still on the team. And then uh, whoever was traded for the Jadavian Clowney thing, trade. Wow, great radio right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, through three games, I mean, they haven't produced a single point in the fourth quarter. They've been outscored 30 to, not, 30 to zero. And uh, Mills obviously can't take all the blame here, but uh, I just, you know, they, they lost to a rebuilding Bears team 23-20 over the past week. Fourth, fourth quarter, just constant problem. Um, Mills has taken responsibility for it, but yeah, it's just, you know, he, he shouldn't have to. Uh, stats are not really looking good for him. He's in the bottom half of the league in most quarterback categories. 662 yards, three TDs, two interceptions. Uh, 27.1 total QBR. This is this is just not a good season. 30, 30 out of 33 eligible quarterbacks uh, is where that ranks. So, Oof. Uh, you Houston Texans may want to bend the ear. I would think Bryce Young is in the future of theirs or potentially my favorite football team. Well, well. you know, if they tank enough this year. Yeah. We'll see. And the next, we, we I don't know. Gino looks pretty good. I gotta lie. Gino, yes. You like Gino? I, I mean, he's competent. Yeah, he's the competent. team. We have no defense. Seahawks have no defense. I really thought they'd be better than what they're showing. Yeah, we got of course, a little lose love. Jamal Adams almost immediately, which hurts a lot. We're gonna t- uh, tap into the college gridiron coming up. Preview some college games on the way. A little Longhorn talking more. Five one two eight three four one zero two seven. Give us a call here on the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Uh, I love that. Uh, yeah. That, I love Me that too. song. I try and emulate it, but I know it's it's the timing is always different. Every time. Yeah, huh? every time it's a different swing timing. So I can't catch up. I like it. Did you do that? I did not. No, that's no, not that's that was not your uh, work. That was Matthew. That's Matt. Yeah. That's handiwork. Yes. That's handiwork. So shall we go to the phones? Let's go to the phone. Let's go to the phone to see uh, tool man. Because opinions are welcome. Opinions here. are welcome here. Five one two eight three four one zero two seven is the number here in the bullpen. Checking in with Tool Man. Good afternoon, Tool Man. Fellas, fellas, just checking in. Hey, can you hear me? Okay. Absolutely. Hey, uh, love your show as always. I'm Thanks, not man. able to Thank listen you. to you right now because I'm at work. But man, let me tell you, Hurricane Lane is hurting right now. It's a good thing we got a week off to get our heads right. I just want to apologize for overhyping Tyler Van Dyke. He's not himself. I don't know what's going on. We're a little dinged up. and We forgive you. Yeah. We forgive you. It's yeah. okay. No, man. It's, it's bad, dude. It's bad. Uh, they ain't playing so good. And uh, 
like I said, I'm glad I got the week off. Uh, we spoke last week. You guys asked me about Texas and Tech. It was a little rough. It kind of went as I thought it would go. Yeah. But I wasn't going to lay money on it. Uh, they just got outplayed in the end, man. I don't know. Clemson I, as well. They uh, they barely escaped. I think they're going to have another tough test at NC State this week. So we're going to see about that. I also heard that the Longhorns got uh, both quarterbacks doing starting reps. Who do you guys think is going to start? I'm I'm card. Yeah, I I'm mean, going with card. Sark is very vague about him talking about the quarterbacks, so I would assume it's Hudson Card. I think he'll yeah, come out outright would, and say it if when Quinn's back from injury. Yeah, I don't think he's ready physically. Uh, you know, practice is one thing, game speed is another. So, I think if uh, you know you're getting good good performance out of your guy, he you know he's going to get better. As each quarterback's going to get better the more they play. He's uh, and like he said, Sark has that that methodology of uh, see you know. Doing what he does, he's an Alabama guy. So speaking of Alabama, who do you like? All worked out. Who do you like this Alabama Arkansas game tomorrow? Is that in Fayetteville? Yeah, that's at Arkansas. Yeah. Ooh. You know what? I'm gonna pick them for the upset. Ooh, you're taking Arkansas. I like that. Oh, I'm taking it. I'm picking the upset because they're good enough to beat them. First of all, that's why I pick them. But second of all, they're a little. Uh, you know, if old boy don't ding it off the upright last week, you know. That was crazy that mm-hmm. that, that uh that they did that, man. You know. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, an Arkansas win could would, that would flip the SEC West up on its head, man. That would that would be that would be a big deal. And I, I if it happened, I would not be surprised. Not at all. I don't think I'm. I I, I think I'm going to go. St- I'm going to stick with Alabama. But I've not. I don't have a, a pretty good track record uh, this college football season with my picks. So <laughs> right. you know what? I I could very well, well be wrong once again. For Arkansas is going to make the difference. The kid makes plays, man. Yeah. And uh, being at home is going to be the advantage, uh, especially if it's a night game. So yeah, uh, it's at uh, two thirty, two thirty tomorrow after. Well, three thirty Eastern, so two thirty tomorrow afternoon our time. Yeah, I'll be watching. Yeah, I'll be watching. Hey, fellas, look, happy Friday once again. Just yes, sir. Uh, it's all about the you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all about the you. Hey, th- thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Man. Have a good weekend, my friend. Let's uh, let's head over now to uh, Northside Dave. Talk a little Longhorns. Good afternoon, Dave. Hey, what's up? Yes. Well, you know, I watched this game again, and uh, you know, this this coach for Tech, I like him. I like the I like his. He's just he's a ferocious type of guy. He, I mean, he was going to go for it no matter what. Once they were over the fifty yard line, he was four down territory all t- all whole time. And this is what I need. We need to see out of Stark. Out of Stark. I mean, I just felt that that second half, he just went conservative. Especially when we stopped him on fourth down and goal, it seemed like from that point on he got concerned. And I mean, I'll give credit, Chris. Too. Let's face it, we were we, we came back and tied up, and we almost won the game still. But that's what you know. We got to close those games. But the other thing I got a concern with with this West Virginia game is West Virginia has gone for it on fourth down ten times and converted nine of them. Ooh. Wow! So that got a you know. It, and, and, they, and they got this uh, tight end converted uh, running back now, 6'3", 240 pounds. I'll tell you, our guys better be ready to hit. If we can't play like we did last week. Yeah, totally right. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. The defense, I mean, look, the, the defense needs to step up. That's 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 straight up. They they really need to. The, the, well, I just want to know where that, that, that uh, 
play against Alabama went to. Yeah, I mean that that fire, that grit, that heart mm-hmm. that they showed. Absolutely, I, I'm with you. I we I know we all expected a whole lot more, but you know, and then the break sometime. That's football for you. Yeah, that's football. Unfortunately, well, it's a good day. It's a good day tomorrow, guys. I think there's some great games. I'm 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 with uh, the following the other guy. I like to see Arkansas pull the upset because I'll tell you this SEC is a little confusing. And I'm losing Appalachian State. Then they come back and beat Arkansas. And Arkansas, oh, this is this is a crazy sort of weird year in a way for the SEC. It looks like there's always something, I mean, maybe outside of Georgia, but hey, I like Kentucky kicking it out of these divisions. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's going to be a game worth watching. That, that Kentucky Ole Miss game, yeah, that's going to be one worth watching for that's sure. Two ranked teams, right? SEC East over there. Yeah, How about that. Yeah, Kentucky. Well, have a good day, guys. Hey, thanks a lot, Dave. We appreciate See it. You do. Yeah. So uh, big game uh, tomorrow. West- well, look, West Virginia on paper not very good, but they have put up numbers. They have some. I mean, look, they're they're this is their Super Bowl too. They're going to try. And take down Texas quarterback uh, J T. So Daniels. They need to be ready for it. Their quarterback J T. Daniels has been pretty steady, fairly terrific at times. Uh, passing game not the most explosive over there, but um, you know it works. Yeah, they're at West Virginia. Uh, they've got a little creativity to mix things up. Yeah, that could definitely work for them. Um, defense just I mean, needs I, Sark to to keep his foot on the pedal. So he's the, got he's got some healthy guys now. He has Hudson Card for what a third straight week. Mm-hmm. He's he knows he knows his strengths now. He needs to use them. I don't know about that Longhorn secondary. You know, yeah. JT Daniels may not have too much of a problem against a Longhorn secondary. He may do just fine against him. You know, um, at least got Overshown back for the whole the whole game. This yeah, time. I say uh, commit to the run early. You know, they need to lean yeah. on Bijan. They need to Bijan and Roshan. I mean, he's he's been he's been pretty outstanding over the over this season, really. Um, his success goes along with the team's success at this point. He yeah. is their stud. He is their bell cow. He needs to get going. And the Longhorns O line, I, I don't. I think it should be do just fine. You know, I would hope so. You would in, think in they're at home. Yeah. Think, yeah. So Look, I, I like them. Um, we're all we're all second guessing ourselves because you know they should have won at Texas Tech. But a lot, of, I think a lot of people weren't surprised that they lost to Texas Tech. Well, you know, it's one of those well. Tech's one of those teams where like. It's I'm a, it's never a big surprised. Rivalry. I'm never ever. I don't care how you know Texas could be one, and Tech could be the lowest ranked team mm-hmm. in in all of college football. It'll still be a good. I game. would still not ever be surprised if Tech beats Texas, yeah. uh, or or vice versa. It's just that's that that rivalry. Sark, need, like I said, he needs to keep his foot on the pedal. When you're up ten, don't all of a sudden you know coast like it's two minutes left in the fourth quarter. So I found some survey results here at a burn orange nation. You know, despite coming off that 37-34 overtime loss to Tech, looks like half the voters in this week's DraftKings React survey not overly concerned, but there's still some concern. Okay, 59% of voters believe that the loss wasn't ideal, still too early to freak out, and I think I would I would be in sure, that camp of course, way too yeah. early. But more than a third, 34%, they they disagree. They believe the fourth straight road loss is grounds for concern. Seven percent unconcerned by that. I call that triggered. They're triggered because yes. they're afraid this is going to be the same old, same old. And look, it's possible. It could be. It's still the same head coach. But these are different guys. They're not going to give up on each other. They, they're they down some some of their starters. They need to get them back. They need to get back into a rhythm. They may not make the college football playoff this year. But who knows? Because like like Northside Dave said, it's a weird year. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are ha- a lot of A lot more upsets are happening than usual. Right. Teams are better than they expected. So, look. It could happen, but I really don't. I think this was just a, an unfortunate game. So while the, oh, so the offense has had its struggles in the second half, the defense 
it, you know, it couldn't get off the field in critical fourth downs against Tech. They Tech, were playing, yeah. They, they converted six of eight attempts. Uh, they ran 100 total plays against the total Horns, plays, most right since there. 2016. In that heat, you're tired. Yeah. So that is enough for more than half of the voters in this poll to believe that it's time for Sark to make a change and let go of defensive coordinator Pete Kwiatkowski. Hell no. 53% wow. think that the Longhorns need a change at defensive coordinator. 53% of people are wrong. Yeah. He is the right guy for the job. You just like the Sark-Pete combo. No, I just think Pete is a great coach because I've seen what he can do. I've seen him take the worst secondary in the Pac-12 and make it the best for five st- or four straight years and yeah. still be in the top ten with, when they weren't. Well, I, I believe in the guy. I, I'm certainly not in that 53 or 59% it's, or whatever. It's a it year and a half. You guys need to relax. See, and that's the problem. Some of these All coaches respect, took four to six years to get ten. Dabo took four years to get right. ten wins. All due respect to, to, to Texas fans, Longhorns fans, this is not an uncommon thing. Uh, uh, this reactionary, oh, we had a bad year and a couple of games. Bad year and some change. Get rid of everybody. It's, you know, and and... The calls will grow louder and louder as the season goes on if the problem continues. Get Quinn Ewers back, get full strength, and then tell me you want to fire everyone because I don't think you'll want that. That's what I want. I I want us to see at a a, a full-strength horn squad. Yeah, we've only seen it for one game. Or maybe not not, even. You could even argue, yeah, not even a full game. Not even a whole game. So, But uh, I, I like the horn's chances. West Virginia actually, you know, has the edge in terms of uh, overall record against the Horns. Sure. Um, but these are different teams. Five or so, are, I can't remember. I have to look. These are all different teams. So They are. You, you have to take that with somewhat of a grain of salt. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, should be should be a good game. Definitely one worth watching. Uh, and uh, I, uh, what, what time's the game start? 6.30 tomorrow? 6.30, I believe. 6.30 tomorrow. Yeah. Here, here in Austin, DKR. DKR. Texas um, Memorial Stadium. You heard that uh, Sark's selling his house? I did. I actually, I, I creeped on all the pictures, and what a house it is. My goodness. So you see how much this house is going for? Was it seven? Seven point five million dollars in, in rolling wood. This is ridiculous. So that's kind of not surprising. It's fifty three hundred and thirty one square feet, five bedrooms, mm-hmm. placed on the market on Tuesday. Uh, here's the deal, and this I just I, I, I must be nice to have this kind of problem. Um, so according to his listing agent Drew Tate, he talked to KVU News here. He said the the Sark family didn't have a lot of time to find a home when they arrived in town because basically the next day after the the college football national championship victory, he arrived in Austin. Mm-hmm. So they just had to grab whatever house they could find that was available and then move quickly to get it. So, oh, yeah, let me just – I'm just going to grab this 5,300-square-foot home here. No big deal until I can find something that's more suiting for me. More- I'll tell you, rich people problems, man. Dude, I'd love you. to have them. <laughs> Markets change. Not going to lie. So anyway, uh, yeah. Just, so he he he's selling the house not because don't don't freak out. It's because right. he's moving to a different place, quote unquote, more suited for hosting. Right. So he can host recruits and you know, right, host a team because apparently fifty three hundred square feet is not big enough to host your football. Team. Come on, man! You got priorities. Come on, man, man! My goodness! I mean, look, that house looked like a cathedral. I would I would be afraid to touch anything that. I'm sorry. Some of these big houses, sure, I'd love to have it. They're not comfortable. Yeah. They are not comfortable. There's so many windows. There's so much like white all over the place. Can't stand it. I need more. Yeah, I. I, I just not. That's not comfortable to me. I would just. I, don't know, I get lost in a place like that. Yeah, I don't. 
I, w- I don't need that. No. Uh, I don't need that, but real, really I do. Real quick news, uh, just for our SEC fans out there, a pair of starters for Alabama's defense considered day-to-day as they're dealing with injuries ahead of tomorrow's game against Arkansas, which is going to be a good one, by the way. Yes, it is. Uh, Nick Saban. I like says, the upset uh, call. Defensive end Byron Young and uh, safety Jordan Battle. Able to practice some, some earlier this week. Uh, but uh, Young's got a problem with his ankle. Battle hurt his leg on Saturday against Vandy. So everything's day-to-day uh, for now. Alabama's unbeaten, ranked second in both polls. Leads all SEC defenses in yards allowed, 805, and uh, points per game at 7.25. So, All right. These guys you definitely want on your squad. But anyway, there you go. All right. Uh, we're going to head to the ballpark. Short break here in the bullpen. 512-834-1027 is a number. From the bullpen to the ballpark. The Let's go. The ballpark. We'll be right back. The bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Not my problem. He can win it here in the 11th. Nobody out. Runners on the corner. Off the glove of Young. Dan Moore's coming home. And the Mariners win it. The magic number is down to one. Magic number down to one for your Ooh, Seattle Mariners, Brandon. Got goosebumps. 10-9 walk-off victory over Aaron the Rangers Goldsmith. last night at T-Mobile Park. He's so good. Aaron Goldsmith will go down as one of my favorite broadcasters because he's real. What? He's so real. And he's got he's got a little uh I don't know. This guy came from double A to the majors and just killed it. He's got a little knee-house to him. A little bit? Yeah, he, yeah. Really, he really does. He's, it's just the passion. You can hear and maybe you, that's you can what it hear is. the passion in the voices of your favorite broadcasters. Yeah. And that just makes it so much better. But I definitely hear shades of Dave Niehaus in his calls. I and I, I don't know I if don't that's just because it. I I'm listening to a Mariners game and I well, just he was synonymous with the Mariners for so many years. I don't know. You gotta also remember uh Rick Riz, who's been with the team forever, was, you know, his his uh color guy forever. And so they you know, they've been they've been working together for years with Rick Riz and uh Dave Sims, who's also very well known in the football community. But these guys kind of fed off Dave Niehaus when they were with him. And I think he's probably doing the same when he works with those guys. And now he's got his own shtick, and it's great. Yeah. It's, it's solid. Uh, yeah, regardless, I mean, magic number is one, baby. And this was a pretty exciting game. Uh, J.P. Crawford ripping that single off of uh, the glove of Rangers third baseman Josh Young there after Dylan Moore stole third on, yes. a, on what a, a would-be sacrifice bunt attempt that resulted in a called strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, that put the utility man in position to race home for the winning run. The rest was history. So and that was at twelve thirty three in the morning. Yeah, this was this happened. was in what the eleventh inning, I believe. <laughs> the eleventh, the eleventh inning, and, and, and they tied it up multiple times mm-hmm. in well, extra innings so as well. Right, it started with a two zero lead, and then Rangers took a four two lead, and then the Mariners tied it up four four, then went up six four, and then went up seven four, and then it was tied seven seven, then it was tied eight eight, and then it was tied nine nine. Yeah, it was that kind that kind of game. Yeah, and then. 10-9 yeah. nine, nine victory. So the Mariners, basically, they put it all together, all those little fateful sequences. They made it happen themselves. Look, they executed their brand of baseball that they play up there in Seattle. Let me be the first to say the Rangers, if they get pitching, they're going to be good. Oh, they, no doubt about they, it. They have, they've got the bats. I, I, Marcus, Simeon, Marcus Simeon picked it up. He, he kind of had a slow start, which I, you could have called from a million miles away, mm-hmm. going from 40 home runs or whatever he did to now where he's at, which is 20. Well, I think he's at 24, 25. So he's doing, he's doing fine. You got Corey Seager. You got Adolis Garcia. And this Josh Young guy who scored most of the Rangers runs the first two games of the series. Well, he's been he's, hot. Yeah, and he's a rookie, and yeah, he seems new. to be really good. Yeah. So you get the pitching. And I saw a little thing yesterday 
that if Kershaw doesn't, like you said, if Kershaw doesn't go back to Dodgers, look for the Rangers mm-hmm. to pick him up. I think and that would be that would be a risk willing that they should be willing to take because they need a it. one year contract yeah, with, with Clayton Kershaw. Why not? Uh, so uh, magic number one for your Mariners. They're eighty-five and seventy. They got the second AL wild card spot, and uh, a little nervous about that. Uh, manager Scott Service making some big, uh, big promises here. He says we're going to end this drought. Yeah, we have a really good team. Obviously, the first uh, to check the first box, you've got to get into the tournament or into the playoffs. Um, and the goal with this club is not just to get in. I know that's the goal for a lot of people in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest is to, to end the drought. The goal is to get in the playoffs and go deep and win this thing, get to the World Series. And we have a team that can do that uh, with the pitching depth we got and kind of how we're wired. So, again, we're anxious to get after it there. I don't disagree that he's got the team to do it, but I do disagree that it's going to happen. I, I Not to be a homer, not to be a homer, but they do have the pitching. Yeah, I know they, I know they do. They're going to they're gonna throw out Robbie Ray, Luis Castillo. So Robbie Ray, former Cy Young winner. Luis Castillo had one of the better ERAs in National League for most of the season until he came over to the AL. And then you got either Logan Gilbert or you got George Kirby or you got Marco Gonzalez. They're all 10-game winners. They're all in the sub-three ERAs. We have the pitching. We have the bullpen. One of the best bullpens in the league you all season long. I'm just saying it takes – there's usually one team that comes out of nowhere and gets hot. There's no reason why this team shouldn't be able to do it, especially getting Julio back off of a ton of rest. You got Suarez, who's been in the top for home runs – for the last couple years, and especially this year, I'm just saying, I, look, I'm just trying to be a realist here. And I don't know if that's going to happen, but I don't see why not. I just don't see why not, baby. Well, we'll see what 21 happens. years, why not go all the way, damn it? Hey, don't forget about another big series this weekend. All the marbles. Mets and Braves. Mets Braves. Yeah, this baby. is going to determine the uh, NL a, East division. It's going to be a fun weekend in baseball if you're a baseball fan. Keep your eyes on Jose Altuve as well, chasing the American League leadoff home run record. Right now, it's that, that record's at 13. He's got 12. That's still odd to me. I know leadoff is not like a power slot, mm-hmm. but in all the years of yeah. baseball, 13 is, is the most. Bring it on. Anyway, Don't forget Aaron Judge is uh, very close to the Triple Crown as well. We may be talking about that on He's Monday as well. close second for the for his average. Oh, well, and 62 homers as and well. 62 so homers. That. We'll see. Uh, so enjoy your weekend, my friends. Enjoy your college football tomorrow and your NFL on Monday. We'll be back on Monday talking a little Monday night football with you then. Go dogs, Hook them. We'll, we'll see you Monday.